And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning into another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. I am joined by the one and the only, my lovely bride, Miss E. Happy Valentine's Day to you as we record this podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, we are actually recording it on Valentine's Day because... Uh, this is our romantic evening. We don't do right that here. kind of thing. You know? <laughs> actually, uh, you were super romantic. You actually drove an hour to oh, go... No. Not just an hour. A little bit more than an hour. Each way. Well, an hour one way. You didn't <laughs> let me finish. He wrote... Oh, uphill drove, both ways. Uh, drove over an hour. Well, it was north, but that's not necessarily uphill. No, not necessarily. Okay. So anyway, an hour, over an hour, one way to go get barbecue for me for dinner. So... Yes, well... I mean, okay. not just me. I mean, I, everybody got barbecue. I, I was going to say... We both wanted barbecue. <laughs> It's not quite as altruistic as all that because I did get to eat some myself. But uh, there is a place if you're ever in uh, in Central Virginia near the Charlottesville area. There's a town, a little town called Gordonsville. And it's adorable, cute. It's a it's town. a cute little town, and, uh, and there's, uh, they've got a um, Civil War era like a hospital museum. Hospital museum there. Mm-hmm. So there's some touristy stuff to do. Yes, and uh, trivia. Uh, Cameron Gray, my old producer on Cam and Company, actually lived in Gordonsville. Yeah, he for a said few that years. when he was when he was a kid, right? He moved from Long Island to Gordonsville, like, and his mom his mom's car must have broken down because there's no way you go there on purpose. <laughs> pretty from much, Long Island. Uh, pretty much, and, uh, okay. and they ended up opening up a uh, an ice cream shop. Cool, there, right? So uh, the ice cream shop is no longer there, but uh, the little town of Gordonsville is still there. And uh, in Gordonsville, besides the uh, the, the Civil War uh, Medical Museum, you can get some of the best barbecue in the country and pretty much park in the same spot so it's barbecue yeah. exchange mm-hmm. on oh man so we got brisket and the smoke ring on this was like halfway through the brisket bit um pulled pork super tasty juicy to die for um we got what collards Mac and cheese, cheese and coleslaw, coleslaw for size it came with also uh, cornbread and rolls mm-hmm and then you got a, a couple of different types of sauce. Yes. And oh man, I ate that entirely too <laughs> fast. And then I was just like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just gonna put this away and having another little tiny piece of brisket, another tiny piece of brisket. And well, it's, it's nice because you know sometimes you don't have an appetite, especially right after chemo. Now next week is chemo week, so yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that we're able to, you know, stuff you a little bit. A uh, little bit. We are surrounded by dogs, by the way. That's our uh, studio audience once again this evening. So yeah. if you hear any heavy breathing in the background, again, it's not you know us getting romantic or anything. It's just Zelda at the moment, and then uh, yeah, because her face actually can get up on the table when she's looking really <laughs> annoying and pathetic. She will actually put her chin up on the dining room table to get attention and try to get food. And if you hear the whiny, that's from the fat little bleeper behind me, Ruffy, and <laughs> our our spoiled fat overweight lap dog. Who is whining because of actually no good reason? No, he, he thinks that there's out, food. We're food. sitting at the table oh, again, and okay. so he thinks so that's that there's why. food. Yeah, we don't have food, dummy. <laughs> I don't know what you're not smelling, but dinner is over. Well, okay, so here's the thing: dinner is over. <laughs> did you hear him? <laughs> I did, but we do actually still have some food uh, on the table because. So not only did I go out of my way to pick up barbecue for Missy e for Valentine's Day, but uh, your pen pal. Uh, slash friend from 
Who's, whose husband is stationed in Okinawa right now. Japan. In Japan. Not Okinawa. Oh, sorry. It's it's I actually, we talked about Val all the time. Yeah. And it's Val's daughter. Yes. Um, they're, Her husband's Navy. No, they're they're stationed in Japan. I don't. Um, okay. They're in something with an S, but their post office goes to the, you know. I'm going to say Sokinawa. No, guy. it's not. But it's it's mainland Japan. Okinawa is an island off the coast I, of Japan. I know where Okinawa okay, anyway. is. Thank you very so, much. So, yeah. So I knit, I crocheted her. So she is actually the one who started me on crocheting all those twisted Kraken hats. Mm-hmm. And if people haven't seen them on my Instagram account, that and go go Google twisted Kraken. There's this woman called the Twisted Hatter. She created this really cool pattern, and it's basically it looks like you have an octopus sitting on your head. It's amazing. And she's a marine biologist, so she found this pattern and she said, "Oh my gosh, could you make this for me?" And previously, she had found a pattern that she sent me and asked me to do the same thing for her, only these were shark socks. And they were so cool, they looked like sharks were eating your foot from the top, from <laughs> right. the bottom up. And so I made her and her daughter a pair. Her daughter was little bitty at the time. So then she finds this Kraken, the twisted Kraken pattern. I said, yeah, of course I'll make it for you. Give me a little bit. So I finally get around to making it, and I send it to her in Japan. Well, she sent me a really cool box of treats at the time, and I thought that was really awesome because it was just like little fun cookies and snacks and all kinds of stuff from Japan. Well, I recently made her daughter uh, the twisted unicorn, also from the same pattern creator and it's exactly that i made one for my great niece one for each of my great nieces and then i made a brown one for my niece to have to share with her husband so he wouldn't feel left out with not getting a unicorn hat and so when i shared these pictures our friend val said oh my gosh my granddaughter would love it her birthday's at the beginning of february so i sent it and so today her mom sent us this enormous goodie box with all kinds of crazy stuff, like the funkiest Pringle flavors. We had ramen, ramen flavored, flavored Pringles, Pringles today. right? But and by the way, I gotta say they're good. So Pringles are holding out on us. And I don't even know what flavor Kit Kats these are because they look like this could be like um, that looks this like looks a, like Kiss flavored, and this looks like orange flavored, and this looks like it could be. Uh, tea or soup flavored. Um, this is based upon the pictures. This is like tomato sauce or soy ketchup flavored, flavored, ketchup flavored. <laughs> I don't know. This is pictures of something red. So who like knows? It could be some berry, sort of berry maybe? flavored. But yeah. So and then it, it's just so cute. So she sent all these really cute things, and her daughter drew me a picture that said "Thank you" and "I love you." And I was just like, "Oh my goodness gracious! What the nicest thing to send?" Although this one particular package, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, if you're listening, um, I don't, I'm not too sure about this one because this one kind of looks like like a little worm poop sticks or something, dried (laughs) worm poop shapes. Like I don't even know what to call these. Like the most unappetizing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So. I'm gonna eat them though, but I'm gonna probably film myself like that guy who does it in his truck. He's like a he's like a little redneck who every once in a while tries something funky, like mm-hmm. he just ate flavored crickets. Okay, and he filmed it. I might have to do this with these things. Okay, but yeah, but I thought that was the sweetest thing. So yeah, now I feel like I owe her another hat. I think I'm gonna have to make her husband the Viking hat now. Oh yeah, because t- t- this is way overboard for a crocheted <laughs> unicorn. Oh well, I, I, listen, people love you. Oh yeah, I you thought know. it was super nice though. It was definitely super nice. So speaking of goodies, I also have to uh, give a shout out to CarvedGun.com. Carved Gun is a husband and wife small business. 
and they decided to uh, to start doing this. I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago, right? To sort of uh, spend more time together and kind of just you know be 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 entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, and so it's this really, really great. So apparently he does all of the sort of machining and the CNC work, and, uh, and she does everything else. They're not uh, actually carving guns for people to shoot with, are they? No, no, no. Okay. It's this really cool, like almost like a, a, a 3D plaque, right? Uh. And so they actually sent two that have the Cammon Company and NRA TV logo. Oh, neat. And then an AR-15. And it's yeah, it's really really neat. So I, have check. I haven't seen it. Where are you gonna? I'm gonna bring it in okay. and show you today. Yeah, but uh, but I want to give a shout out to them and I want to uh, plug their website carvedgun.com. I love seeing small business owners you know get started. I love the the mom and pop businesses. So if you are looking for a uh, a unique object d'art, d'art, right? That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, object d'art. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. Carvedgun.com. Oh, speaking of wood, though. Um, Kid two got his custom made cutting board, and I know you were like, I don't know about this, but it was a super big hit, and it was just so crazy and abstract and kind of like random. Uh, uh, it's called end grain. Mm-hmm. Um, he he the maker had sent me a message that he was so happy that I challenged him to do that because he thinks it's one of his favorite cutting boards. And then to find out that the boy, when he got it, it was just like, oh, my gosh, I love this thing. So that's um, Small Axe Woodshop. And you can find them on Instagram. They're out of uh, Long Island. And at one point, they lost all their stuff uh, because of Hurricane Sandy. Oh, wow. And they kind of started over, and they were like, hey, let's do this. Okay. So, yeah. They also must make coasters, and he did that with a chaos <laughs> pattern. He did a coaster with a chaos pattern. Uh, beautiful. He's another you know beautiful workmanship yeah. and just wood. But he like I got a, a cutting board from him and had um, maple and purple heart and yellow heart and something else, and it's beautiful. The, again, it's a cutting board, but it's a work of art, so it's something that I can also use. And yeah, I use it. I don't pull it out as much as the the less lesser boards but i will i pull <laughs> but it out you do for, use but it. i do use it i want to make sure i don't I, I think it's an insult to not use a cutting board like that to the to the person who made it i'm kind of the same way when it comes to like firearms you know like yeah. guns are made to be shot yeah. i mean it's it's cool if you have you know a, a nice display gun or whatever but uh i, I think i yeah i'm with you i'm, yeah. I'm very you know, we've got to be practical exactly. about these things, right? Exactly. It's got to be, I like it that it's pretty and it's useful. Kind of like the, the hats Form that I've and been, function. Form and function. Kind of like the hats that I've been making myself. Like, they're thin, they cover my head, but I've been branching out and I've been trying different patterns and different ways to... Basically, with knitting, all you're doing is knitting, is, is making shapes with string. Uh-huh. Two sticks and a piece of string. Yeah. And it's just how you manipulate it. Which is why it's it. magic, I know. It is kind of magic. But I feel like that way about um, ramen-flavored Pringles. It's kind of magic. It was kind of magic. It were. The it umami magic. flavor. I mean, it was like, ma- it, was, it, it tasted like... It was a Pringle like, that tasted like ramen. Right? It was insane. Like, I don't... I'm like... I... I Really, they we really probably should do a whole show next time just based upon just based trying on the some box. of these snacks. We can do that. We do, you know, we've we've done the uh, the little sub podcast where I read the old book and we talk about it. Right? The, oh, this uh, might be the past tense current Japanese events. So snack be, box <laughs> exactly. episode. Right? We can and, do. We, oh, we so do I wanted to like let that. you know. Um, 
I, I had posted something on Instagram or Facebook and some couple of people had commented that they really liked your uh, extra podcast or you're doing the history or whatever. Yeah, the past tense Sorry, current events. <laughs> and, and so, so okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up because the one that they were talking about, and first of all, thank you. Uh, it's nice to know that uh, I'm not just talking into a microphone about stuff that I care about and everybody else is like, whatever, oh, it, dude. It was, it was when I shared the picture of the desegregated heart and said I just I was read the, the book. book and everybody should read this book. And two people commented about how they liked that episode that you had talked about that book and that you they liked that you're doing them all together. Oh, so good. listening to all of them. Okay, well, listen, we're not going to rehash the whole 40-minute no. long podcast that I did on the desegregated heart, but you can find it uh, here at uh, Blaze Podcast Network. Um, but I, I do want to ask you because, you know, so obviously I felt like this was a really important book. I said it was a real shame that it's not actually taught in schools as a history book, you know, covering the civil rights era, but that I, I think the God talk towards the end of the book makes it unpalatable for public schools these days. It would. Um, she devotes three entire chapters to God, Jesus, and followers of Christ, or God, Christ, and followers uh, her, of Christ. Yeah, it was like her, and it's her spiritual whole, like, journey. Her whole spiritual journey, which was great for her, but the whole beginning of the book was her... She was born in 1911 in Virginia, and she was a well-off white woman who grew up in the South. So you kind of – there's a lot of things that already you just go ahead and cliche that all to death, and you kind of get it right there. And she had an awakening that was like, holy crap. I didn't realize that this had been going on. And it was all like – she was trying to It was like, almost like the scales falling from your eyes, right? Yeah. Because it's been – you've been in it. And you've now been all of in a sudden it. And she thought she had this great relationship with, with what they – with with the with the black people in the South, she thought they had a great relationship with the people who worked for her, for her family, and all of a sudden something happened. And it, and but to, it was compelling. I read the book in like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Like you just couldn't put it down because you had to see where it was going on with it. But at the same time, I grew up just five hours north in New Jersey, and. We had a biracial family across the street and biracial family around the corner and black people next door and black like so we lived in a really, really <laughs> integrated neighborhood and and my my parents had people of all kind of colors coming in and out of our house. So I was I to 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 realize that someone actually could grow up and be this way was sort of like a whoa, kind of thought to me. But then again, my grandmother was born in 1914 and she was a rich white woman, but she grew up in New York. And Northerners had kind of a similar problem, but it was different. Well, yeah, it wasn't the Jim Crow laws, but there was still, I mean, that's the thing I was going to say. So like, yeah, you grew up five hours north of Charlottesville, basically. Yeah. But you grew up three hours or so south of Newark, where there were, you yeah. know, race riots in, yeah. in your lifetime, yeah. right? And and so that's the thing. I mean, it's like this is, and, and you know, me growing up. And again, we're, I don't, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but um, it, it, I think that there is something. I think there's something universal about the history that she tells in terms of the civil rights movement and her personal awakening. There's still a yeah. universality. Yeah, there is. When she shifts to talking about her relationship with God, all of a sudden, I think the universality is gone, and it's very much her personal story. It is, at that point. Right. But the book was awesome up until, for to me— it was awesome the last three chapters. I, I think the whole thing was good, but it's yeah. it is a real jarring 
turned. It really was. That's the, the end. thing. Like she was a really good writer. Amazing. And, and she and made, really brutally honest about herself. Ridiculously brutally honest. Like it was it was sometimes like, wow, wow, you just said that? Right. But she said it really well. She stated a lot of things well. She was really eloquent. And you could tell that she at the time she was actually making money as a writer. Mm-hmm. She had like she was working on you know she she was yeah she was like writing for women's magazines Saturday magazine Evening stuff, Review I think right and stuff and house you know housewife stuff and things like that but but this wasn't just a housewife's book this was a really provoke provocative mm-hmm. thought provoking like it just really made you go wow because you didn't realize it but then you just saw how she changed but how people around her didn't right. And yeah. how they, you know, said they supported her, but they were personally pissy. Like, that was a thing that was like, are you really just like, like, I just wanted to say, at some point I was just like, well, bless your heart. <laughs> and if you are from the South, you know exactly what I'm saying. And I'm uh, not from the South, but I, I know, adopted but this you, statement. <laughs> bless your heart. You've adapted it, right? Yeah, when the uh, when the schools in Charlottesville actually did reopen because uh, Charlottesville schools closed briefly as a result of the the massive resistance movement. Uh, Prince Edward County schools where Farmville is located, they were shut down for five years. Charlottesville was shut down for about nine months, I think. And when they reopened, nothing untoward happened. Like people got over it really quickly. And then people in the community started coming up to her and saying, oh, we were with you all along. You know, I couldn't say anything, but I'm so glad you spoke up. And that was when her attitude towards basically the entire human race was, Was y'all suck. Yeah. Y'all suck. You can't depend on on anybody. The only thing that she could depend on, the only thing that she could find any faith in or choose to believe in, because she said it was a very conscious choice, was was God. All right. So anyway, if you want more about that book like 35 minutes more about that book check out the podcast past tense current events we'll, we'll do another one in the future i've actually been but look for it though and you know if you can get it at the library uh check it out it's a really good book but yeah, it if, you can, if you can find 1962. it right that's the thing i don't even know if it's in print anymore i mean we found it a used bookstore i uh, suppose if we could trust people we could probably mail it and start having them ship it back <laughs> to us we could bar we could have like this mail library the, the lending system. library the lending library right. over the i, I actually <laughs> All right, so um, so to that end, I'm going to throw this question out, and folks can uh, you can email me forty acrefool at gmail.com. Email us. I don't know if Missy really is going to care about the answer to this question, but I'm curious. Um, so, if you could pick the next book that uh, I would do for a past tense current events, I'm going to give you two choices. Uh, one, a, a book from 19... No one knows about it except I, for Well, you. no one knows about any of these books. That's why I'm doing it. Okay, it's the past okay. days current events. So i got to explain it a little bit. So the first one from 1932 is by a guy named Stuart Chase. It's called A New Deal. Oh, it's where Franklin Roosevelt the actually got the, the phrase idea? The New Deal from. Okay. The book came first. The book came before the actual government program. Huh. Uh, the last line of this book written in 1932 was, Why should Russia have all the fun of remaking the world? Oh dear! Right, and so so that that's option number one. Okay, uh, and then I think option book number two. Hmm, I think I would have, this would be a. See, I'm trying to think of like past tense current events. I'm trying to think of something else that would like play into current events here today. But you've been reading a whole bunch of books about Soviet America. I would think that all these communists would be related to what the heck's going on now. All right. So, okay. So, so the other would be a twofer. 
because I read these books back to back and they're both similar along the same lines. So throughout the lifetime of the Soviet Union, there was this sort of genre of nonfiction of um, escape stories. Uh, or, mm. or you know, gulag testimonials, right? And we oh, think yeah. about like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the gulag archipelago. Archipelago. Thank you. You're welcome. As sort of that uh, the West's introduction to the gulag, but actually it wasn't. I mean, like, so I've got a book from 1952 by a guy named John Noble, uh, who spent nine years in the gulag. He's an American citizen. Spent nine years in the gulag after World War II. Uh, and then a, a book by a former NKVD agent. Uh, the NKVD was the forerunner to the KGB. Uh, KGB. Oh, and, uh, KGB. Yes, KGB. KGB. Thank you. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is that this guy actually grew up in the upper echelon of the Communist Party and then oh, so ended had, up in the gulag. So he had money. Yeah, well, well, his pers- dad had power and authority and access to and the they, right shops where you could actually buy food. And the better places right? to live. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. But he ended up in the gulag, too. Oh, dear. So uh, so those are your choices. Do you want to hear about the New Deal? Or do you want to hear about the gulags in the next uh, past tense current events? Kind of related. Both, I was going to say, right? Both could be in our future if Man, we're not careful. We're not careful. <laughs> and and uh, neither are uh-huh. good choices, to be honest, because the right. New Deal was not as good as it no. They thought it was going to be, and the war on poverty actually hasn't stopped, and it didn't get any better, and it got worse. Yeah. But that's a whole economic show, I suppose. Exactly, yes. Um, all right, so as we've been talking, you've been nibbling on one of these Japanese Kit Kats. I can't decide what flavor it is. It kind of tastes like coffee, and it kind of tastes like a rose. I was going to say, it, it smells kind of floral. Yeah, but you don't get a... But my taste buds suck anymore. You know that, so... I can't. I don't know what I get. But it's not nasty. So that's good because I was really afraid it was going to be a matcha flavored Kit Kat. Those are nasty. Yeah, the like green matcha. tea flavored Kit Kat oh, were, were not great. Um, <laughs> I, I'm having a really hard time with this too because it's a really subtle flavor and then you get the just the, the white chocolate. Yeah. Right. So it's like just overwhelmingly sweet. Do you get any coffee? No, I don't okay. get any coffee. I get a berry. Okay. Flavor. So, so for anybody who's like, so the graphic looks like just two people making kissy faces at each other, sharing a Kit Kat. So I have there's We're no. We're gonna have to like go online and try to find. Yeah, there's no indication at all. But there's the there's a little line here that says, "Have a break, have a Kit Kat" in English that I can actually read. But everything else, nope. It tastes. You know what it tastes like to me? What? It tastes like a strawberry. Okay. That's what it is. Maybe it's strawberry, it's strawberry Kit Kat. Kit Kat. I think it's strawberry Kit Kat. That is the lamest strawberry flavor I've ever. Tasted though. No, for it is though. That's what it is. Okay. Well, Strawberry Kit Kat. Let's see what the next one is. So, not right now, but next time, tune in for, <laughs> for the, the next exciting. episode. The exciting episode of the What's Japanese snack version <laughs> of 40 Acres and a Fool. So, in meanwhile. And by the way, Nestle. You know, listen, if you want to sponsor this segment, I'm just saying uh, um, International House of Kit Kats or something. We could do a fermented hot sauce flavored. Uh, no, I'd be, be gross even nasty. to me. We so, do bacon. My, people like my bacon. They say it's like meat candy. It is like meat candy. So I could do a meat candy flavored Kit Kat because if you made it with good chocolate mm-hmm. and made the filling like a smoky bacon flavored mm-hmm. with the wafers. Mm-hmm. You know what would be, uh, it'll be amazing? yeah, Nestle, you can buy that from me. So if, okay, so if we got the bacon Kit Kat, you know what we'd need? What? Bacon. And you know what we need for bacon? Pigs. And the thank, bellies that are in the goodness, freezer. It's the year. Yeah, you've already said those bellies aren't the greatest. We should really no, have not. better better bellies. We and need happy hogs make Tim good bellies. Mm-hmm. We do need them. 
We don't need You're them. right. We need them. No. It's a moral imperative. The next time we need hogs, we need to not we use American guinea, pi- guinea hogs. Now. We need to do things that have a bigger, thicker belly layer. Like a Tamworth or a Berkshire. Yeah, the year of the pig is until, Jan- until January. So we can wait until <laughs> go- the goat babies are born and see what happens. Okay? Oh, I have five fine. pregnant does. Uh, and we could yes. be looking at anywhere from one to four babies per doe. I know. So that's five to 20. Those are some crazy numbers. And I don't have a lamb bar that feeds up to seven. So, yeah. We'll deal with it. We will. We got a few weeks before uh Yeah, I don't think we're going to start. Season. We didn't put um, Chico in with anybody until October, and we're talking five months. So I planned this out so that I wouldn't have to worry about anybody's babies freezing. Um, so we're looking at March. So it's all good. Yeah. But the good thing is, is I already have two girls on reserve. Hey, hey. Hi, hey. Selling uh, the babies, making some money. So it is, you know, uh, as, as I said earlier, we're doing this podcast on Valentine's Day because that's how much we love you. And yeah. um, <laughs> and so it's mid-February now. It's, it's you know, springtime is actually like rapidly approaching. And yeah. so we've been talking about seeds and what we want to plant and. We've really decided we're going to scale way back in terms of the varieties of things that we're growing this year. Basically, tomatoes, a couple of cucumbers, and then mostly peppers. But now, uh, our struggle is, uh, where do we start all these seeds? Because um, we had started them in our house, in our family room. There were basically two windows that we had (laughs) set up, these you know plastic utility shelves in front of. But one has a... Uh, the piano that I'm learning to play in front of it, and then the other one has a chair in front of it. Uh, and right. it actually was never the sunnier spot anyway because there's a little <sighs> roof over that back porch. Yeah. The best spot would probably be in my office, which means that I would have to clear off every shelf that's already currently in my office so that I could put <laughs> other things in there. And where do you put all the things that are already in the shelf in my office? Right. And the other option is to use the greenhouse, but it was really expensive last year to continuously run that propane-powered little heater. Yes. Now, here's the, here's the one thing, is that I... This has been a much milder winter. And Puxitani, what's his name, said that it was going to have an early spring. Right. Although I don't believe in rodent-based uh, weather predictions. I don't either. But, but whatever. Uh, but I, spring I think... Spring still comes March 20th no matter what. I think that still might be the best thing to do is to just... Go with the greenhouse. Bite the bullet and go with the greenhouse. But we do have... <laughs> so because of the one winter, we actually did this... Um, and then cancer kicked my ass and we weren't able to work on the garden because it kind of threw everything through a loop. We ended up with five propane tanks. <laughs> yes. So we have five propane tanks now in and out, on the right. property so that we can constantly swap them out. Because they do last a couple of nights. And the good thing is, is that tomatoes only have to maintain at least 65. So we probably don't need to keep it as warm as we had been trying but, to but keep peppers. it. peppers. Peppers need it warmer. So it may be that we put insulating pads under the peppers mm-hmm. so that they keep heat better. Okay. Versus trying to keep it warmer for every for them and like Possibly not doing good for other plants. All right, so or so put the or have the heater in one part of the greenhouse versus you know the plants in the other part of the greenhouse. So yeah, that they're in the warmer part, but still not have it so hot so that the propane lasts a lot longer. All right, so this is question number two for you, uh, dear listener. 
what are you growing this year? Are you trying anything new? Did you have great success with something last year that you're looking forward to trying again? Did you just not have any luck with something and you're going to give it an old second try? I would love to hear how how your garden plans are shaping up. I'm going to have potatoes, but I'm not going to put them in the same spot that I had last year because I didn't get enough sunshine and they got too much water. Yeah. Well, everything got too much water last year. It was really wet. But they also, I think, were, um, you're right, they were not in the sunniest of spots. No. And they were also a little too close together, I think. Yeah, I uh, think so, too. So, so I'm just going to, I had them in um, the, those black grow bags. Mm-hmm. Which did work out them. really well. They we did. got a lot I of baby them up. Well, I got a lot of little tiny potatoes, but they just never got to a good size. So I just need to put them in a sunnier, warmer spot, a little further spaced apart, because I, I haven't had any luck with mounding in the garden. Like I had one year that I actually had a bed of potatoes. I was like, woo And every other year it's just like, I just can't quite get yeah. it. But at least with the bags, it was like, okay, I know. Once it starts getting just a little bit of dirt mm-hmm. and they grow a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit. And so it's something you can at least see, but I think I had them too close together. So we'll spread them out a little bit better and do more with that. And then I think that with the raised beds in the front yard, we're just going to do a couple of types of tomatoes. Yes. We've done like overboard because I'm like, let's do the 50 types of tomatoes right. for all the tomatoes. Now we know what we want. Yeah. We need some types for cooking. And I like uh, Amish paste and the San Marzano's for canning and, and making into sauce. We like some for fresh and the Amish gold slicers and the um, Cherokee purple brandy wines or the Cherokee purples and the brandy wines are my favorites for slicing. And then I like the saladettes and the grapes. And those we usually have done really well with uh, the bumblebees and the tigers and the Juliets and the uh, the pears have done the, okay. Yeah, but the what are our little favorites? The little sun golds. Yeah, the sun golds, and you almost always have to buy those as plants because they're hybrids. But or or no, or we seeds. remember seeds. As seeds yeah. we hybrids. We can't save their seeds. So although I thought, didn't we? Actually, try. Uh oh, we didn't. It, no, it was the Hartman's yellow gooseberries that we always were able to save every okay. year, but not the heart, not the not the, the sun gold and the Hartman's yellow gooseberries are not. They're sweet too, but they're not as sweet as the sun gold. No, no, and they're bigger. They're more of a saladette, but they're still yummy. All right, so we've got one more, I think, update from the farm, and then we have a couple of uh, emails to get to. Um, have not actually taken a picture of this on Instagram, but uh, Bonnie and Clyde. We're back together briefly because we managed, we to, managed to get Clyde well, in there, right? He, he was in there one morning. I managed to shut him up, and yep. he was there for like three days. Things weren't going well between Clyde and Mr. Crow, our no. other rooster. Like, uh, Mr. Crow was not happy that he had some competition with the ladies. And the problem is is that we had too many roosters for the hens, but it's not a good time of the year to get. Right. You know, so, anyway. so we still haven't figured out how but exactly. He, he got out again. Yeah. So his name isn't Clyde anymore. His name's now Houdini. Yep. And he is our yard chicken. But the funny thing is, is that before he used to hang out with the goats most of the day, but now he he literally is right outside <laughs> the chicken yard, the chicken run, the chicken tunnel. Like he is, he's dancing along the fence line, and I'm watching him from my office. And I'm like, you're an idiot. And and then maybe I see, maybe he's living his best chicken life. He's like, listen. I'm near my friends, but, I don't but I'm not to... getting attacked by this other stupid rooster. I can still strut my stuff for the ladies. Yeah, I but still he's not get, getting I still busy. Get, 
Now, he's not getting busy. He's living the celibate lifestyle. Yeah, he's very much living the bachelor celibate life. Yeah, but, sorry about that, Bullet. So are you. Um, yeah, but he, Bullet's got a reason. He's fixed. Well, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny. So, yes, he is now our feral chicken again. He is out and about in the yard. And when I feed the chickens, I throw him some food. When I fill up the bird feeders, I make sure that I drop some on the ground. So he is fed and he has water. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there you go. There's an update on uh, Claude Houdini. Um, all right, so I've got a couple of emails that I want to uh, get to before we run out of time here. Greg wrote in from Dallas and said, The other day you asked who had listened to every 40-acre podcast and why. I'm one of them. Uh, and Greg says, It's because I love you so much. No, actually, he says... <laughs> He says, I listen to podcasts because I spend a lot of time driving and it helps pass the time. I find mm. the 40-acre podcast to be entertaining, so I listen. The two of you have such great verbal interaction. Seriously, you should hear yourselves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Greg, this is all unplanned. Right? Greg says, it also helps me keep inspired to have a garden. I enjoy having the garden, but since it's not strictly necessary for my survival, I can let it fall by the wayside very easily. Listening to this podcast, as well as following your Instagram, helps keep me motivated to keep growing. Uh, another point in favor of this podcast, as well as gaming companies, that I can download the MP3 file directly from the RSS feed, which is simpler for me than going through iTunes or whatever other rigmarole. Oh, nice. Uh, Greg says, sorry to report that I had not heard of the Danny Dunn books, but I think I would have enjoyed them as a kid. Huh. Bacon seeds, bacon seeds, bacon oh, seeds. Where did I you? Everybody's been nagging me from all Feel the peer pressure, side. says Greg. I wish, yeah. were like, I wish that was like Beetlejuice. If you just said bacon <laughs> seeds three times, they appeared. Wouldn't that be amazing? Bacon seeds, bacon seeds, bacon seeds. And all of a sudden, boop, you got little... Yeah, little pigs. Yeah, I have no solar panel. There's no fencing set up. Um, <laughs> they don't have any feed in the buckets. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Sometimes uh, I wonder about how your brain works. <laughs> I love also, you. Thank you for the barbecue. <laughs> we uh, we heard from uh, a Patty uh, Trojan Mom eight on Twitter. Now I've I've interacted with Patty several times, but Patty says you asked for original crew listeners to email, and so your wish is my command. I am not just a forty acres listener, but I've listened to Cam and Company for years. I actually feel like Cam and I have a friendship that started on Twitter, and at least for me, it feels like I'm not just a fan, but care about you both with all of my heart. Missy asks, why would anybody listen? Because it's inspiring to hear the love that you have for each other. One can detect it in your voice and your laughter. On top of that, you are genuine in the way that you express the love for your family and our country. We've yet to visit Virginia, but when Hubby and I go, and we will, we are definitely taking you out for a steak dinner, and you cannot decline the offer. Oh, no, and it's real pretty here. You're going to like it. It's a whole kind of different place we love driving all all the on, on in all the parts of virginia absolutely but i got dogs freaking out whining all, kind of all right well you finish your email. all right so so patty says i keep you both of my prayers i wish always the best for you if you're ever in san diego please let us know she also says i count me in as another vote for the bacon seeds come on missy pretty please she says patty she can't actually hear you don't worry i i made sure that that she can hear you for this i can hear it <laughs> I don't think she's swayed, but she can hear it. So the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Feel free to answer uh, any of the questions that we asked today. Just send us what's you know going on in your world. We'd love to hear from you. On Instagram, you can follow Missy at Corny Goat Farm. You can follow me at Cam Edwards, but I've been really lame lately on Instagram. Yep. Been pretty uh, in fuego on Twitter, though, so you can uh, follow me there at Cam Edwards. And in the meantime, until we talk again, live a little. Mm, we start with the be safe. Oh, be safe. Have fun. Have fun. Live a little. Live a lot, I would think. Live a little. Learn a Learn lot. Learn a lot and make things. 
and and well, there was something and make things. That was your that that's was your my addition. And make things. You need to make things. And this is the strawberry one. Japanese Kit Kats. This is the strawberry one. This one has a picture of a strawberry. Okay, I'm telling you, the other one tastes like a strawberry um, too. This one's more strawberry. All right. Well, all right. Well, I tell you what. Well, next time, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> more Japanese candy <laughs> and uh, ramen flavored potato chips, as well as whatever else is going on in our world. We'll talk to you soon with another 40 acres in a pool here on Blake. Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.